This is the Mend It Pass podcast with Chadwick Hayward, episode 28. Welcome to MendItPass.com. Let's get back to bedtime. Hi, Pathmenders. Thanks so much for tuning in to the 28th episode of the Mend It Pass podcast. Before we get started here today, I just wanted to let everyone know that the Mended Pass podcast now has a Facebook group. It's called Friends of the Mended Pass podcast. I hope you'll check it out and join us there. If you guys have any questions or want to share pictures of your food or anything like that, um, it's a great place to do that. I hope to see you there. This week on the Mend It Pass podcast, I'm joined by Teresa Castle. Despite being active growing up, Teresa's horrible diet of fast food and junk led to several serious medical issues. She faced multiple surgeries, several medications, and a poor quality of life. She lived in a cycle of depression, junk, and inactivity. But Teresa is another example of how one documentary, Forks Over Knives, can change a life. Join us today as she shares her journey of the issues she's faced and how she mended her path and got back to active, back to better. Hi, Teresa. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on. Um, I saw your story on Fat Man Rants, I do believe. it's You've come so far. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, um, say, where you were six, seven years ago? Oh, sure. Um, Not a good place. Um, I started having health problems at about 28. Um, I'm 50. I just turned 50 in December. And it it was all of a sudden, I couldn't be active anymore. Um, I started to have horrible symptoms associated with thyroid problems. Um, extreme fatigue. Um, My hair was falling out in handfuls. Um, I had skin problems. And then I started to have a little bit of a blood pressure issue, not enough to go on medication, but it seemed like every time I'd be in the doctor's office, my blood pressure was elevated. So eventually, um, I had some tests, but in the middle of having those tests, I wasn't really diagnosed with thyroid problems at the time. The doctor noticed that I had a goiter in my thyroid gland in my neck and just looking at me noticed. So we immediately looked into what that was all about and... Um, at the same time I had digestive problems and I'd had digestive problems since I was a teenager, but they were really bad at this point. And, um, I spent probably about six, $7,000 trying to figure out what these bizarre symptoms were. Oh, wow. And I got tossed around from doctor to doctor. And uh, at one point was even told it was in my head. And, uh, that's really difficult to deal with. And finally, um, while looking into both of these problems, um, they discovered that I had precancerous nodules in my thyroid and that I also had lots of gallstones. Um, so they scheduled the surgery for the gallbladder problem. Um, we had my gallbladder removed, and I think two months later, I started having needle biopsies on my thyroid gland. Oh, wow. And my health just rapidly declined. I was in pain constantly. I had all these these problems, but they weren't really severe. It was just, you know, I couldn't eat certain things, typical things people go through after they have their gallbladder out. But the uh, needle biopsies for the thyroid were scary, and <clears throat> they weren't putting me on any medication because they wanted to actually cut my thyroid out, went my thyroid gland out when there was some evidence of cancer, if that makes sense. They yeah. didn't want it to shrink, and I guess there was a possibility of that shrinking 
if I took medication. So it was a waiting game with that. And um, eventually I um, started to have really serious problems with the gallbladder surgery. Okay. You said they made you avoid certain foods. What did they make you avoid after you had your gallbladder oh, removed? you know, fatty food and that sort of thing. Um, they wanted me to eat lean meat, um, more vegetables, that sort of stuff. But the weird thing about your gallbladder when they take it out, most people generally have, I, I'm going to talk about something gross here, TMI. <laughs> most people generally have diarrhea when they lose their gallbladder. Okay. Um, mine was the opposite. I stopped going to the bathroom huh. and that gradually got worse. And then I got to the point where I would get sick to my stomach a lot and then I couldn't swallow. I would eat and it would immediately come back up. Okay. So at this point I started um, trying to figure out, what was going on with that because that didn't seem related and I ended up going to a different gastroenterologist and he diagnosed me with a hiatal hernia and we went in and we opened that up and that helped me some, but then I got to the point to where I couldn't go to the bathroom at all. I would go to the bathroom maybe once or twice a month Oh wow! and I, I couldn't do anything. I get severely depressed with the whole thing. And I, um, started, I guess, to, to deal with not being able to do anything and having to sit on the couch. Um, I would eat junk that I shouldn't eat. And I just made everything worse by doing that. But it was like this ugly cycle of, you know, emotional eating. And then I would try to behave and eat, you know, lean chicken and broccoli and then try to exercise and nothing really worked. Okay. And I got um, incredibly frustrated with the whole slow process with um you know, doctors trying to figure out what was going on with me. And eventually I just gained so much weight. I went from, I think I weighed about 160 pounds, which, um, I had always been thin. I'm only five, two. So that's a lot of weight, even at 160, 65. But at this point I weighed 200 pounds. I weighed 199. I stopped myself at 199 and <sighs> said, I can't gain that other pound. You hit but, that um, psychological barrier. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Anyway, um, at that point, I started to blow up like a balloon, and I swelled up, and I started to have these autoimmune symptoms. And they were still trying to monitor my thyroid gland, but it had never turned into a cancerous nodule at this point. It was still you know, just nodules and cysts like, I don't even know the difference between a nodule and a cyst, but I guess um, they can tell if it's, you know, what there are different kinds that can be inside of your thyroid. Okay. So, um at that point, um, I went back to the doctor and we did an MRI and a HIDA scan, which is usually what they do when you have your gallbladder taken out. But when you have blockages in your ductwork where they've removed your gallbladder, often yeah. they'll use that just to see what kind of pressure's in there. And mine was off the charts. And they couldn't get the insurance company to pay for this, uh, for this until they had some sort of proof um, because the procedure they do is called an ERCP and it's fairly dangerous. It just so happened that here in Podunky, West Virginia, we had a guy that was an expert at it. You know, that was to me pretty miraculous <laughs> that, you know, here in this little tiny place, we had someone who was an expert at something that I desperately needed. So um, at that point, my liver had started um, not functioning so great. I had really high liver enzymes and um, I had something called sphincter of body dysfunction, 
where my common bile duct was completely blocked off with sludge and remnants of that old surgery. Okay. So that's why I couldn't go to the bathroom. That's why I had all these problems. Yeah, I was basically stopping transit time through the digestive tract. Yeah, I was just a miserable, miserable mess. And the not being able to go to the bathroom was one of the hardest things I've ever dealt with. That is so miserable. And um, I had something called sphincter of body dysfunction where the muscles between that duct and your liver, or it can happen on the side of where your um, your biliary side, where your um, pancreas is also, yeah. stop working. So you're not getting the right amount of bile and things into your, when you digest food, yeah. into your um, intestines. So that was a mess. And I had the ERCP. That should have normally, some people get pancreatitis with it. I'd already had pancreatitis three times, which is really painful. And um, I had all these autoimmune symptoms going along with this where I couldn't grip things, couldn't open a door. Um, I started to lose my vision. Um, I was having blurry vision really bad. And then I would be sick to my stomach. And I worked through all of this. And it was really hard. Um, I'm single. So not being able to open doors and do anything like that was scary. And then not being able to drive was really scary. Yeah. And I could drive to work. I only live like two miles away which was really stupid, but I drove across, you know, these little country roads, which there was not much traffic, but that was about it. I had to rely on other people to help me and you know, order things from Amazon. <laughs> I ordered 40 pound box of cat litter one time and couldn't open it. And I finally got it open and spilled it all over the floor oh. and ended up just sitting in it crying, you know, because I just, I, I was at the end of my rope with all of this. And when I had my ERCP, um, they discovered that I had really high blood pressure. My blood pressure shot up to 250 over 225. So an outpatient procedure turned into a week-long hospital stay in the cardiac unit. And when I left, I was now diagnosed with diabetes, and my blood sugar was horrible. My A1C hemoglobin was a 12.7. And I came home from the hospital and managed to get back to work and was just at the end of my rope. And I came home from work one day and I, I'm not a dramatic person. So this was very out of character for me. Um, I, I had been a person of faith for quite a while at that point, but I really was desperate and I was starting to lose hope. And I remember specifically on a Friday night, laying down in my living room floor and crying and crying out to God out loud I can't do this anymore. You have to help me and I'll do whatever it takes. And I had experimented with the paleo diet. I'd done a FODMAPS diet. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, you, what is that? That is something where you eliminate certain food groups. Um, okay. Things like fructose and you play around with your diet and you go on this elimination diet and then you slowly add things back in to see if you have sensitivities to these foods. Okay. So because you're searching for triggers. I'm searching for anything. And at one point, my doctor had mentioned, well, we're going to find out if you have MS um, with all your other problems, your autoimmune problems. We're going to look into Sjogren's syndrome. Um, and we're also thinking maybe you have gastroparesis. And I was overwhelmed with all of this. Um, I think the average person is. Yeah. But I had already started to try to be proactive in all this and read as much as I could about nutrition. And I knew there had to be a way to make this better. I mean, I didn't know if it could really help me. But the next Sunday, I had come home. I had worked that morning, and I'd come home, and I did my usual routine of junk food, watch Netflix, 
and I love documentaries. So I watched a few documentaries and one of them was Forks Over Knives. And that literally watching that movie within 10 minutes, I knew that was the answer to my prayers. I knew that was the answer for me. And while I was watching it, I got on my laptop and went on Amazon and ordered Dr. Neil Barnard's Reversing Diabetes and his cookbook. And then I also ordered the starch solution on my Kindle. And I watched that movie and I started reading. And immediately I started um, implementing those changes. And within three months, my uh, A1C hemoglobin was a 6.3. And I had lost 30 pounds. And at the time, I had such horrible abdominal swelling from all of this. So prior prior to the switch or once yes, you switched? Yes, prior okay. to the switch, I had had um, abdominal tears. I couldn't turn from one side to the other. Hmm. I literally couldn't move like to answer the phone. It was excruciating. It would hurt so bad I'd think I was going to pass out. But my stomach was so distended, and that was from not being able to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I was on, oh, my gosh, maybe five or six different medications to poop medications. You take one to poop, then you take another to stop pooping. The uh, one that you take to poop makes you sick to your stomach and throw up. So you have to take another medication to not throw up, which is a narcotic, which causes diarrhea. It was just a constant battle. And within three months, I was off all of those medications. Oh, wow. And so when you say you transitioned, was it a hard transition for you then? Like, did you no. watch it and then change? I immediately cleaned out the fridge yeah. and the cabinets. I was so excited to have some kind of hope. And I was afraid that it wouldn't work. But I think I knew within a week, you know, my bathroom habits improved and, you know, I just felt better. But when my abdominal swelling went away, I almost couldn't believe it. I didn't think anything would work. All these different diets I tried, nothing worked. And I knew I was, I think if you get to this really bad place and you're in that much pain, um, this isn't that difficult. I mean, I'd already been through everything. You know, this was, this was, um, this was easy and you could eat a lot of food and lose weight. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's great for me, you know. But I, I remember the first time I walked around the park longer than 10 minutes. Um, you know, I, would, I had bought myself hiking boots and I would just stare at them because I couldn't do anything. I'd try and I'd come home in tears and depressed and my friends would call me and ask me to do hiking and I couldn't go. Yeah. So I remember the first day that I, that I walked 20 minutes and I, I did cry all the way home, but it was because I was so happy. <sighs> and this has been a real life changer for me. It gave me my life back. So how long before you were hiking, what, that, oh, that experience, the crying on your way? Probably about, about five months. Okay. After, so, yeah, that was a big deal. I, yeah. I still walked a little bit every day, but not that long. And I think the last trail I, I hiked 14 miles on recently. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge change. So when you when you watched Forks Over Knives, what did you switch to? Like what what did your diet look like in that short period of time following that? After watching the movie, yeah, um, I made most of the recipes in the the two cookbooks that I had. Um, I was really excited to try this kind of food. Um, I like to cook, and I know a lot of people get really depressed because this is a difficult transition and they can no longer make things that their family likes or that they're used to eating. For me, it was, I like things that help me be more creative and help me express that. And I think that approaching these sort of unknown vegetables or dishes or things that maybe ethnic foods that were included in some of these cookbooks, that was kind of exciting. So I was all about the 
you know, quinoa and trying all these new things and which quinoa now, you know, is not really a new thing. But when I started, I'd never <laughs> heard of it before. And I made, you know, all these different burgers and it was really, it tasted good. It was really exciting and it didn't make me sick. That was, I mean, physically sick, you yeah. know, amazing to not get sick to your stomach or to not be able to go to the bathroom because you ate something. That was great. And I felt lighter. And so that resolved almost immediately for you then? Cause... Almost immediately, probably within a week or two. Okay. Yeah. So it was before it was like every time you would eat something, you would feel like you needed to vomit. Yeah, usually. Yeah. If, and I had to take um, Phenergan or different medications every day. Um, when I had been in the hospital, I think this made it worse. I had, I got C. diff there. C. diff? I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm not, but no. It is an infection. It's highly contagious. Oh, C. difficile. Yes. We okay. call it C. diff here, but yes, exactly. Okay. Yes. I got that and I was on heparin and other medications and a huge round of antibiotics because my, um, there was something wrong with my liver and um, I had fatty liver disease also during all this. And it, they destroyed basically the good bacteria in my body pretty much with all yeah. these antibiotics and everything. Yeah. And I got thrush in my mouth and then I had the C. diff and I was so sick and I was put on these medications that helped that at some point. But I don't know why something triggered that constant nausea. And I had that for, I know at one point, three weeks straight, 24 seven, and I worked like that and it was just excruciating. That and awful. It was, it was just mentally so tiring and taxing. And I, I, my heart goes out to anybody who goes to chemotherapy. You know, I watched my mother go through chemotherapy and radiation. And those things are so hard on our bodies and yeah. these medications and the side effects. So to find food that actually nourished me and healed me, but made me feel better. I remember I've never eaten bananas in my entire life. I've always hated bananas. <laughs> and I figured out about three, probably about a week or two into this, that bananas made me feel good, but they don't really taste good. They made my stomach feel good. Okay. And I remember calling my niece and saying, this food makes me feel good. That doesn't even make sense. And I don't mean long-term it gives me energy. I mean, it soothes my stomach. And, you know, there's nothing, I guess, eliminating all these additives and, you know, salt and all this other stuff. It really, it was a huge change. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Changed my palate and changed... You know, just basically my whole relationship with food also, if that makes sense. That that kind of makes sense. You you were saying that you were a slave to junk food. Absolutely. Right? And so that leads to a spiral, like you said, of depression where yes. you know you shouldn't be eating it. Everyone knows you And, you know, I never was it. somebody that constantly ate that, but it really, being so overweight and unable to do anything and physically sick, Everything made me sick. Why not eat Fritos? You know, and they made me even sicker. But you know, that was a that that was a an emotional attachment to that food, and I think there's a chemical reaction in our brain to yeah. that sort of food. You know, we all know that now. But when you're in the throes of it, that was my drug. You know, yeah. that got me through. That's that was, I guess, how I dealt with, you know, all the things I was facing with my health. Yeah, it's crazy how clear that is in hindsight for a lot Absolutely. of people. Absolutely, yeah, right? it really is. <laughs> and so hard to see when you're in the thick yes. of it. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's really hard to communicate that to your friends and family who are going through similar stuff. They they I don't know why, but you can't make that mental connection until you're there. And yeah. I think sometimes 
at least for me, I'm very hard-headed, obviously, because I had to get into really bad shape before any of that made sense to me, you know? Well, people have such a intimate relationship with food. Absolutely. Right? It's... And it's we're socially tied to that, too. And, and I, I'm in a lot of different groups on Facebook and social media with people who have started these things. And I was in one, you know, it was like a challenge for a plant-based author's book for people to go in and just give up salt and eat a whole food plant-based diet for a week or two and just to jumpstart their health. And one of the biggest complaints with people, especially women, because a lot of women, you know, are in charge of the home and the, the meals and that sort of thing. The convenience factor was so difficult for them. But the biggest problem was what my other friends and family and yeah. social settings and going to restaurants, that is a huge effect on your life all day long yeah. and every day. And that's a, a complete 180 from, you know, the way we lived before. Yeah. And it's really difficult for people. Well, we really are social creatures. Absolutely. Right. And so we're yes. swimming upstream, so to speak here. Yeah. And, and um, I think that even when I take, you know, meals, I always say as a joke that I survived a church potluck as <laughs> a plant-based vegan. I can do anything <laughs> because everyone there, of course, tried to feed me, but I brought things that they weren't perfect. I mean, I think they had, you know, maybe, uh, vegan mayonnaise or something in them, but I brought things that I knew people would eat and they didn't even notice. Yeah. You know, I know they really wouldn't have noticed if they didn't look at me after they ate it and say, what was in that? <laughs> it was good though, <laughs> but what was in that? But, um, I had to change the way I looked at food and the way I looked at going out to eat. And, you know, it was a huge lifestyle change, not just dietary. Yeah. So you, you've told me backstage that um, when you first changed, uh, you were you, you kind of went 100% vegan right away. Um, yeah. But you definitely had a transition where you ate more like the vegan processed food, yes. the, the transition stuff. Um, so what, uh, what made you think that or what changed your mind about the processed food to get to more the whole whole food plant-based, avoiding oil and salt and stuff? Well, the first change, I think, was that I had hit sort of a weight loss plateau. And when you backpack a lot and hike a lot, you burn a lot of calories. And I would take things like nuts and, you know, make vegan chili with Fritos or whatever. And I ate a lot of soups that I took to work that are full of sodium and vegan chili with fritos yes that's like a big backpacking thing to take chill most people just take chili but you know like they take freeze-dried food foods and things and you need a lot of extra calories um so what's fritos, fritos? are vegan fritos are like uh, the chips? chips okay yeah the chips and you put those in i mean how wonderful and healthy is that in your <laughs> chili yeah i've never um, heard of that before Crazy. oh yeah that's a, like a standard backpacking and another thing is you know like peanuts and m&ms and that sort of stuff yeah. quick and easy things that you can maybe rehydrate or carry along and, and dried fruit that's yeah. a big thing to take Calorically so those are all stuff. really junk but that was a good excuse for me to eat that junk the rest of the weekend too you okay. know even if i didn't eat it then i had a really hard time with breakfast food um i ate like the the, the yucky sausage and that sort of stuff once in a while. I had to really retrain my brain about that. But the, the big thing was I had stopped losing weight. And I, I saw a video that Dr. John McDougall's Facebook group recommended. And it was, I, this may not be the title, but it was something along these lines. 
from Fat Vegan to Skinny Bitch. <laughs> it was <laughs> Chef AJ's video. And I watched that video, and it was like a light bulb went off over my head. Okay, this lady did exactly what I did for a long time, and now she's like a size four. She's the fittest she's been her whole life. She's a chef. She knows what she's talking about. I watched that video, and I immediately eliminated nuts, avocado, dried fruit, all the junk food, and the weight just started falling off again. And okay. now I've lost 70, right around 70 pounds. Oh, wow. So Congratulations. That was, thank you. And it was not hard when I eliminated all those things. That that was like a complete metabolism booster, you know. And I, and I felt better, of course, too, because I didn't have all those additives. But I had to learn to read labels and be a lot more diligent about dining out. Yeah. You know, before, oh, yeah, I'll have the French fries. Well, not anymore. So um, that's, and I feel so much better even just making that last little tweak there, you know. And so when did you tweak that? About a year ago. Okay. That's when I, I lost about 30 pounds and that was fine. And I was happy with that for a while. And then I, for about a year ago, I finished, I got it much more serious about it. Okay. And so you said uh, you were on a number of medications before your switch. Yes. Um, did your doctor start titrating those off immediately? He was after you very s- hesitant at first. Now, my the weird thing was my gastroenterologist was so on board with all of this that I would come to his office and he would take notes <laughs> about my diet and he would recommend it to his other patients. Oh, that's and awesome. Yeah, he immediately was so happy that I did because a lot of those, um, like I said, those things that control your um, bowel movements are the side effects are terrible, and he was thrilled to take me off those medications. Whereas my primary care physician was a little more hesitant because you know I was on a blood pressure medication, I was on metformin for my diabetes, Um, I was on. um, Well, he wanted to put me on other blood sugar medications at one point because I wasn't getting any better. Okay. I was stuck. And uh, then when he saw my A1C drop, he was really shocked. I don't think he believed it. And now, you know, several years later, he's totally excited about this. And just recently, I still have um, allergies and I've had asthma since I was four. So I carry those inhalers with me and I have seasonal allergies. But for years, I had bronchitis and sinus infections twice a year. Hmm. And I had to take antibiotics and that sort of stuff for those every every season, the seasonal change in the fall and in the spring. And um, just uh, several weeks ago, I went in for a checkup, and he said, I have a horrible diet. I eat candy all day and junk. And he's a naturally thin young guy, you know. And he said, but my allergies are terrible. Do you think if I change my diet – my allergies would get better. And I, immediately, I didn't really know. We've been through this conversation a dozen times, and he's seen me. You know, he knows the great benefits of all this. I'm talking to the wall is what I felt like. Yeah. And I said, why don't you look in my records and see when the last time I had to have antibiotics for sinus infection? And he looked through them, and he looked up with this crazy face and said, four years. And I said, so do you think your, your allergies look better? And he said, yeah, obviously they'll get better. It's crazy. <laughs> so um, he's cleaning up his diet. I don't know what that means, but hopefully that will get better with other patients, you know, and he'll suggest things to them too. I, I, I'm just absolutely thrilled to be off all those medications though. That's, yeah. 
that's awesome. <laughs> I don't ever want to go back. <laughs> and so are, are you're off all of them now? Just for my asthma medication and my, I have as needed, I have a asthma inhaler and I have a um, seasonal allergy nasal spray okay. uh, that I can get if I need it, but I haven't needed it in uh, several months. But That's incredible. It is really to be 50 years old. And that's, I would have never thought this would be, I, I knew things might get better if I changed my diet because I'd seen people on television and in these groups and Facebook groups, but me, I can do this. Any normal person can do this and have these sort of results. You know, that's, that's for people on television. That's for other people. You know, I watched my mother suffer with horrendous health problems. She had cancer five times. Oh, wow. And I was, when I was born, my dad was 54 and my mom was um, 43 and I had two grown brothers. And so I had from a, from childhood, watch my parents who were middle-aged start to decline and go through horrible health problems. And when I was at my sickest, that was just my, my entire fear was that I would be stuck on the couch for the rest of my days and rapidly decline because, you know, this started in my late twenties. So to think that at 50, I feel better than I did then. It's crazy. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. You know, and anybody can have that. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, within pretty much within reason. I mean, certainly are there health problems we can all have that aren't preventable or are probably not helped by your diet, but they can't hurt to change your diet and to try to embrace a healthier lifestyle. You yeah. know? Yeah. There's no disease that I know of that gets worse. Exactly. <laughs> right. With, uh, yeah. with eating plants, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. So have you, um, you said that like your friends were calling to see if you were going hiking and, and you couldn't do it before. Um, they've obviously seen the change in you since yes. you started living this way. Have any of them adapted their own diets and lifestyles or? I have a friend who she now lives in Texas, who's off of all of her blood pressure medications and has lost 50 pounds. Oh, wow. And she's plant food. Uh, yes. Whole food, plant-based. And my boss and his fiance have both embraced it. He had the same gallbladder issues that I had. And his fiance girlfriend at the time wanted to lose weight. So unbeknownst to me, they were experimenting with this stuff. And then at some point he comes in and starts to tell me about it. And I was shocked. I had no idea. And <laughs> I noticed that he looked like he, he seemed to be healthier. He looked, he looked fitter. He um, was able to, exercise and, and he was very involved with something called disc golf and he was really good at it and had a lot of energy and um that's amazing to me but um it seems that some of the people in my life that um probably need it the most um have not embraced it and I, I hope by doing things like this that they realize that I'm not really special. <laughs> this is something they can do too. And I, I would gladly help them all. I don't want to hound anybody. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, they can do this. It's scary. And um, a lot of people think that there's no way I can give up cheese. I must hear that <laughs> at least once a week, you know. Yes, you can give up cheese. And guess what? You won't even want it anymore. Yeah. And I loved cheese. I didn't think that was possible either, but it, it's definitely possible. Yeah, I've definitely given up things I have yeah. said in the past that I never would. I would never give that up. Absolutely. I, the cheese was one thing I didn't, 
I really thought I would struggle with, and I really haven't. Yeah, it's well, it's like any drug addiction. Once you get, really, once you get rid absolutely. of it, it's, you're looking back. Yeah. You're like, what heroin? What? Why did and I you know, want that? I, exactly. <laughs> and you know, when I knew that something in my brain had changed was a couple of months ago, we had a little tiny mini family crisis, and um, those things ordinarily, I would drown my frustration, sorrows, anything in chocolate and chips. And after about three days, it dawned on me, I haven't eaten a bunch of garbage. I dealt with this just like a normal person. (laughs) Wow. You know, that's a big deal. That was the first time in my life at almost 50 that I, I think I didn't rely on some kind of food to make that all better or survivable, you know? I don't know if I would probably contest the dealt with it like a normal person because I think dealing with it with food <laughs> yeah, is the know, normal reaction. That is the normal reaction. You're right. You're, right, you're depending right. on your frame of reference. <laughs> yeah, we're really not the normal people now, are we? <laughs> no, we really aren't. <laughs> That's funny. I, I never was anyway, so it's okay. Yeah. So you had said that um, one of the reasons you changed was a change in health insurance at your yes. place of work. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because I think sure. that's really cool. Well, we started having this thing called a biometric screening. And when we first had it, the big no-no that affected your um, premiums was smoking. So everybody, I, I was, you know, everybody there, we had a handful of people that smoked. I felt really sorry for them because their insurance premiums were going to be through the roof, or they were going to have to quit smoking. Two difficult things to handle. Yeah. But the rest of us kind of skated through. And about three years ago, they um, made it a little more difficult. Um, You had to have a BMI within a certain range. Your blood pressure needed to be in a certain range. And your blood sugar needed to be in a certain range also. Okay. And there was other incentives you could do to get some points to make that a little bit better. But basically, if you... If you were overweight um, or you had any of those issues, there wasn't a lot you could do. Um, there was a 10,000-step, you know, couch to 5K program you could do, and I tried to do that. And I walked it at one point because I had lost about 30 pounds at that point, and I, I managed to do it, which helped. But this is, I think, this past year was the first year that I got all the points. Oh, wow. And... um Instead of my health insurance premium not going up so much, it actually got lower, which was amazing. Yeah, it's really awesome. Now they have a a coach that calls you a couple of times a month. And um, I had always had that coach call and they ask you what you're doing and offer dietary advice. And I finally, this past year, got through to her that the plant-based diet is working (laughs) when she saw my results. And... Now I only have to talk to her once a month, which I guess doesn't happen as often. When you're in bad health, they call you every week at a certain time. And she called me about a month ago and said, can we use you on our website for one of our success stories? Oh, that's awesome. And I said, oh, I would love to. But and as much as you have contributed to my success, can I please mention my plant-based diet? Because I think that's 80% of why I'm where I'm at. And she actually said, absolutely. And that's my health insurance um, provider will feature a link to that too. So that's going to hit a lot of people within my company. I don't know if the the same um, coaching company will be seen by other 
uh, companies. And so that that coach is hired by your insurance provider. Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm I don't know if that will just go throughout our company's insurance or if it will go through the entire insurance company because you know there are plenty of people all over the country in different yeah organizations that subscribe to that same health insurance. So wouldn't that be amazing? It's really cool that they're tying premiums to health and metrics. Gonna, yeah, absolutely. Right. It's, and, yeah. I, and I realize that's, a, you know, to save money, but at the same time, um, that's great. I mean, that's great timing too for um, the, some of the uh, plant-based things that I've seen online lately. It seems to be getting more popular, yeah. more available. You know, that's great. Great timing. Well, it's an interesting side effect because the insurance company has an economic incentive for you to be healthier. Absolutely. Right? Because like Americans pay one of the highest or the highest for healthcare services in the world. So by having um, healthier, basically insured people, then yes. they're going to be forking out less. They're at least minimizing their risk of having some ungodly expensive surgery. To exactly. Cover, right. So exactly. They benefit by you being healthier. And so they're, they're actually tying your health metrics to what yes. you pay. That's awesome. And they give you discounts for joining a gym and other things too. I think their big thing, the reason I was sort of shocked that they want me on their website is because they feature Jenny Craig diet and weight loss products, weight watchers, other things. So I'm really pleased that somebody at least will get the old plant-based word out there on their website. If it's, you know, if it's me, that's, so I really wanted to make sure they let me, you know, go with that angle. Yeah. So that's great. And, And I'm really hoping that my health coach can suggest that to people too, because she had me doing, you know, she had to go through this process with me where they try to teach you nutrition and, you know, I'm just sitting there every week. And she'd say, oh, well, that doesn't apply to you. Well, that doesn't apply to you. Well, that doesn't apply to you. And I said, that's kind of amazing that you don't have to tell me to eat lean chicken or you don't have to tell me to, you know, eat the Mediterranean diet or eat more olive oil and all these things, not just because I don't uh, like them or I don't, I I totally don't agree that they're healthy. Yeah. (laughs) And we had quite a little back and forth over that. And I don't think she was too convinced but honestly, after going through all of this with me, for her to suggest, you know, that I contact their marketing department and to talk to them and share my story with those people, um, she knows that it's working. And I've actually heard her tell me now that this is something she, she will suggest to people, you know, even though the guidelines of her job say something completely different. Yeah. You know, that's Well, and that's, that's awesome. the sad part, right? Like, they're trying. Yeah. They're trying to make you healthy. It looks like they're putting in a concerted yeah, effort to do it. Absolutely. They they just they're missing the point when it comes to what they're recommending for nutrition. Yeah. Completely. And I'm gutsy enough to argue with my doctor about it. But that was, you know, that was a little more a, a little more nerve wracking. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, and it's, but, uh, it shows it time and again, like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't exactly. force it to drink, right? People transition when they're ready. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so the you best just you have can to be do an example. Lead a good mm-hmm. example. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when she saw the results, then she was impressed. So that's that's great. That's incredible. I, I, that's the most important thing about all of this with me is that there's so many suffering people and so many people. And here in West Virginia, we have one of the highest obesity rates in the country, and we also have serious issues with our economy. And depression, and it leads people to do drugs and 
you know, do some pretty desperate things. We have the highest opioid addiction, an epidemic yeah. basically of um, people overdosing here. And I think about all of those people and I realize the plant-based diet may not, you know, change all of that, but it would definitely help with uh, or obesity and health issues here. And we desperately need that sort of thing here. And I haven't figured out how to go about it yet, but I've thought about teaching classes or, you know, something. I know um, Kim Kaufman, who uh, has been featured on your show and yeah. who is a friend of both of ours, has started take, uh, taking the initiative to have some uh, classes in the evening. I think they just approach the whole lifestyle. Also, um, cooking and how to meal plan and things like that. And yeah. um, I've thought about doing something like that here. I think it would really help my community. Um, that's the thing that that excites me about this more than my own health is um, how much help we can be to other people. And like this podcast, you know, I can share this with friends and family, and you know, maybe they'll get a little bit more interested now. Yeah, well, I hope I, so. it's a common theme I find. Like people find health from themselves, and then they they can't wait to pay it forward. Essentially, sure. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It seems everyone becomes a voice for get find the nearest mountaintop, scream. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I think I've screamed a little bit on social media about it, and I've bought people some books and things. And if nothing else, um, they do start to make some changes. You know, hopefully they'll make even more. But um, one of my best friends has kidney failure, oh. and I think that she felt so hopeless for a long time. And now I see her asking a lot more questions and it's a much difficult, much more difficult process for a doctor to monitor her and her blood work and everything every week um, with having kidney failure because yeah. they have different, much different dietary restrictions than the rest of us. But um, I see a little sparkle in her eyes when we talk about health and nutrition. And, and I realized that, uh, She's on a transplant uh, mission. She's not there yet. If she loses some more weight, she will qualify for a transplant. Um, so I don't really know what all that involves, but I've been really thankful that this, what's happened to me um, has helped her. Yeah. So, you know, that's, it's personal. You know, and I'm sure it is with all of us, you know. Well, and I think that's important to remember as well, is that like having the conversations, you're planting a seed. And right. people, most people aren't going to hear you talk about the benefits of plant-based and then no. go and switch their diet. Most people, no. it, it takes it takes some time for them to come to it on their own. Yeah. And they, they have to think, maybe I could try that too. Yeah. It worked for her. You know, I watched three people in a movie and it made me think, well, I can at least try. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. that that That's really um, worthwhile. And it's very... Um, I don't know. It's just kind of humbling because you realize that we're just really all in the same boat yeah. and there's nothing special required to do this and to make changes. And people will say things like that, you know, oh, you're so inspirational, all these things, but you know, so are you. And you can do everything that I did. I, I had no qualifications. <laughs> I didn't know anything about cooking. Yeah. I didn't know anything about nutrition. I'm not a dietitian. So uh, all the information's out there and it's readily available and you could do it. Yeah, it's as simple as eating plants. Absolutely. Right. Really. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, just wear your kale t-shirt and, That's you know, right. eat your plants. That's 
So I ask my guests if someone is listening and they're either on the fence or just starting their transition, if there was one piece of advice you could give them, what would that be? Oh gosh. Um, just jump in there. Um, it's not really that hard. Don't be afraid. Um, don't be afraid of all the things you're going to have to change because there's so much support available online. There are so many of us and it's growing, you know, every day I see new people in Facebook groups and, um, people showing up to health fest and veg fest and all these, you know, plant stock and all these things. There are more books available. Um, any support you need is there. Um, it's, it's so worth it. It's, this is your life and this affects the life of the lives of your children and the people that you care about. Um, that's not to make anybody feel guilty, but you can affect their future by making these changes. And I think the best advice I ever got was from my doctor. And he said, you know, you can spend all of your money here on prescriptions or you can spend your money at the grocery store. That's up to you. And that was a life changing sort of thought for me because so many people I talk to say, well, I can't afford to eat healthy. It's so, it's so expensive. Um, it's really not, you know, I eat beans, potatoes, vegetables, staples. Yeah. You know, these are not expensive things to, to make. And the food is really delicious. It's a, it's a big change, but you know, nothing in life that's worthwhile is ever really easy. Is it? Well, and that's a good point. Like even, even if you were eating fancy and ported kale for 90% of your, it's still not as expensive as a steak, right? Well, (laughs) maybe it is. Maybe like, maybe you're you're only eating like dried berries that are like (laughs) 20 bucks a pound. But is that going to be more expensive in the long run than what you're going to spend on medication? No, or, and I'm a, I know this because right? that's my uh, my paycheck went to medication every week or hospital visits. Mm-hmm. Or, right? Oh my gosh, like, yeah. But yeah, and then you can even factor in lost time, right. right? Like if you're if you're factoring in lost life, that like it's hard to put a monetary value mm-hmm. on it. But what's the ex- absolutely what's the dollar cost of being stuck on a couch and not being able to hike a mountain or there, there's no there's no way to ever figure that out. I mean. I couldn't, I I couldn't almost see, I don't know. You know, I I had to look to the future and think I'm single and I'm going to learn how to navigate my world without being able to see, without being able to drive. Yeah. And that was an autoimmune issue. Um, but gosh, that's not worth What's the value of one (laughs) day. I mean, gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of a dramatic example, but (laughs) I don't know. There's just no, yeah, there's just no cost that's worth your health. There's nothing worth your health. Yeah. And you know, another point, and I've, I've heard people say this before too, well, I'm going to die of something. Well, you know, there's, there are some things maybe worse than death. What if you're hooked up to machines and you're in a nursing home or, you know, you're, you have a stroke, you know, my dad's family, they all are pretty prone to strokes. And I've had several uncles who have had horrible few years with being unable to speak or move or, um, function. And, you know, my dad had, uh, dementia related to strokes and he suffered, you know, horribly for 11 years. And none of that's really something anybody wants to look forward to. You know, that's, it's going to kill me anyway. That's not the right attitude. Yeah. Well, and that's, 
people giving up, right? It's people throwing yeah. their hands in the air and saying, oh, I'm so, so frustrated. There's nothing I can fat. do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'd rather have my bacon. I don't than- you know, no, you really wouldn't. If we really put you in that position, you would not pick the bacon. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, people don't necessarily see how strong of a correlation there is. Right. Right. Or, or right. at least no. they're. That's true. That's true. Or their addiction tells them that they can't change, so they might as well just well, give and, up. Well, and, and we get so much misinformation. Yeah. From you know, these quacky type of television programs or things that we read or memes that we share on social media about, you know, if you drink three pounds of coconut oil, you'll cure male pattern baldness or whatever the latest, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, People and are confused like, I, too about health. Dr. Gregor talks about how Dr. Gregor at Nutrition Facts talks yes, about. Yes, he's my hero sort uh, of. I, I have a lot of heroes. I bet you have similar ones, but probably, I love him. Yeah. Yeah, he talks He's about- the man that changed my life. Not to interrupt you, I'm sorry. That's okay. He really changed breakfast for me because now if I eat beans with my veggies for breakfast, I can go all day and I'm not even hungry. Yeah. And breakfast before was a complete confusion for me until I discovered some of his, you know, suggestions. He's got some awesome so anyway, ideas. He's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I That's interrupted okay. your thought process. <laughs> no. Um, he, he mentions that like back in the day when the, the goods, let's call it, were coming out about tobacco, um, tobacco industry, there's, mm-hmm. they had a memo that said our product is doubt. As long as we provide some doubt, people will say, oh, the jury's out. I'll just keep doing what yep. I'm doing. Isn't that just crazy? Right. And so the same thing is happening now with food. And mm-hmm. it's like, it it doesn't have to, they don't have to show that eating meat is good, but there's, no. there's going to be articles that say that, right? right. And, and you right. can study, you can create a uh, study to prove any point that yeah, you, you really want can. to based on the design of that study. Um, but their product is doubt, right? So as long as yeah. they can make you confused you're a lot more likely to say, well, I'm confused. I'm just going to do what I'm doing because Yeah, and I'm overwhelmed hard. with information too. That's right. So change is hard. Yep, absolutely. Right. And so for them, it's it's easy to keep keep people locked in that addiction cycle. Yes. Right. And that's terrible. What people don't know true. is it's so easy to get out. It's so easy to get out. Much easier hindsight. than you would ever think. Yeah, absolutely. Little effort. Yeah. You cleaned out the cabinets, cleaned out the fridge, threw some stuff away, whatever. It's not really hard. Yeah. Um, it's not. And the food doesn't have to be difficult. You don't have to make recipes. I, I like to cook, so I like to make recipes. And I think the creative process involved in this is, is interesting for yeah. me. I know that I thought maybe that's goofy. And then I saw Boy George from the Culture Club. You remember in the 80s? I saw him on television and he lost all this weight from becoming a vegan. And that was the first thing he said was how interesting and exciting the food was because he's a creative person. And the process of coming up with new recipes and things was so like thrilling. And I thought, Oh, I'm not completely nuts. There are two of us that agree (laughs) with that now, but um, it's easy. It doesn't have to be difficult, you know, baked potato and some, well, yeah. Supper can be as easy as like, throwing yeah. some frozen vegetables so, into a pan and exactly. heating them up. Exactly. <laughs> and it's cheap. I mean, that's cheap. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, a can of beans and some frozen veggies is... That's lunch. (laughs) You're talking like five bucks for a meal at most for two people. Yeah. Right? Uh And a banana. You know, you're you're good. That's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of benefits. I I don't really see anything that's not a benefit other than maybe the... It's socially awkward or a little more difficult to eat out. Yeah. But that's really... That's really nothing compared to all the benefits. In some ways, that can be a benefit as well because it gives you an opportunity to... At least the first time, it gives you an opportunity to bring up why you're eating the way you're eating. And exactly. Whatnot. And, you know, the thing that I think that that really I've noticed from changing my attitude and how I think about food in social situations, um, I've, I value the conversation more. Yeah. You know, before as a food addict, I think I would just couldn't wait. I think all day about those onion rings or that steak or those fried chicken fingers or whatever. Now... I'm just eating food because it nourishes my body. I'm looking forward to the time with my friends. It's not just food is not just entertainment anymore. And I had made that a really sad and bad habit. You know, what do I have to look forward to today? What I'm eating. I mean, that was my life sometimes. And that's really pathetic when I look back on it. But, you know, I, I think I do take the conversation more seriously now and the, the, the good time spent with my family. Well, that's awesome. It's much more important than the food. Yeah, and I've heard other people say that too. Yeah, definitely. Because our focus before was on where we were eating, and now it's... Focusing on who you're with and what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you. It was great to have you on and share your story. (laughs) It was great talking to you. I had a great time. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Mend It Pass podcast with Chadwick Hayward at www.menditpass.com. Really hope you've enjoyed this week's show. If you have, please consider liking our Facebook page if you haven't already done so. And please do share with your friends and family. Uh, let's spread this message far and wide. Thank you so much. See you all next time. Visit